oh, hey, that thing you were worrying about with federal government security? No problem. At most mostly okay everybody every we're all fine here everything's fine <laughs> how are you <laughs> welcome to the risk and repeat podcast episode number 110 i'm rob wright editor of search security and i am here once again with my site editor peter lotion peter welcome hi rob peter it is uh it's a, a humid friday June 1st, we are here in Chernobyl, and we are going to discuss one of my favorite subjects. This really is one of my favorite subjects. I don't think I've ever said that to you, or probably anybody else, but I love talking about federal government security, and I'll explain why in a minute, but but I guess we should set the stage. Please. There was a major report that came out this week a report that was commissioned by the Office of Management and Budget, OMB, and the Department of Homeland Security, DHS, which I think should be abolished, but you know that's beside the point. So these two agencies got together and they put together a, a report in, in sort of uh, accordance with the cybersecurity executive order that uh, President Trump issued last year. And the, and the order basically was, if you remember, Peter, was hey, we need to do some some risk assessments across the federal government for all of these agencies to find out where they stand, where they're at, and what needs to be done to improve our security posture. Good. Bravo. Well, the report arrived. It's, it's no surprise that it's not great. I don't think any of us were expecting the report to come out and be like, oh, hey, that thing you were worrying about with federal government security? No problem. At most, mostly okay. Everybody, every we're all fine here. Everything's fine. <laughs> How are you? That's not what happened with this. I don't think any. I don't think we were expecting that, right? No. But it's yeah, definitely you're right. It's definitely not what happened. So, uh, but this is this is a favorite subject of mine because I'm I'm really interested. I covered government. I covered federal government. Um, covered armed forces I covered local government uh, state government you know my days as a as a, uh, a newspaper reporter many years ago when I was a young buck young kid coming out of journalism school and I loved writing about this stuff because it was so interesting to me how especially at the federal level you could be so flush with money and, and, and not always be flush with money, but, but have the green light to spend money that you didn't really have and how we were so inefficient and ill-equipped to deal with some of the things that we're supposed to deal with within the federal government. And this report really sort of, it, it shines a light on a lot of the things that are wrong with, like within these federal agencies. And that's a good thing, but... The reason it's so interesting to me is because we've known this is this is a problem. We've known not only is it a problem like we're underprotected within the federal government, but we also know that like it, this is a priority now. Like people have been talking about this since you know the Obama years. We've had executive orders, um, other executive orders that have sort of tried to drive home this point. We need to, to take action. And not just, I mean, we've had executive orders about critical infrastructure, 
But this is specifically about improving Fed security and protecting these agencies. And I just love talking about it because it's so important and yet it's such, it continues to be a problem. We're gonna get into the reasons why it's a problem. But so Peter, the report comes out, it identified 71 of 96 agencies as either being at risk or high risk. And, and just to, you know, to explain how this works, there's a sort of a, a, a methodology here, um, agency risk management performance methodology. So out of the 96 total agencies, 25 were managing risk appropriately and managing risk is defined as the agency, the agency institutes required cybersecurity policies, procedures, and tools and actively manages their cybersecurity risks. 25, doing a good job. And actually, I, I think that's actually pretty good news. Yeah. I mean, given, given all, the, all the rest. But I, and I want to ask you about that in just a second. Mm -hmm. So at risk means some essential policies and processes and tools are in place, but significant gaps remain. High risk means key fundamental cyber cybersecurity policies, processes, and tools are either not in place or not deployed effectively or sufficiently. So to break these numbers down, 59 of the 96 agencies are at risk, 12 are high risk. So for the 25 that are at risk, what do we think there? Events. The 25 that are, the, that are... That are managing risk. Oh, that are managing the risk appropriately. Yeah, that are in the green. They're, they're the good. Yeah, I think, I think that's good intelligence. news. Intelligence. Do we think that's intelligence, defense, things like that? Oh, you mean who, the, who like are Like who they? they are, yeah. I haven't looked at... Did they say in the They report? don't say, uh, and, and I, yeah, I think probably. this is why, because they don't want... <laughs> yeah, because like, if they did this week, this, today we'd be writing stories about cyber attacks on the government, I guess. Sure, but, we would um, be, yes. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's possible, I, it, and, and it's, it's even likely. We, we have seen, um, over the last months, we have seen report, government reports about uh, which agencies are, are using uh, things like DMARC and right. uh, some, some other you know, fairly basic standard stuff that yep. can um, mitigate a lot of risk. Um, I think it's I think it's good news. I think it's um, it's a good thing that some of these places are, are tightening up their some of these agencies are, are keeping themselves uh, uh, keeping their risks down. Um, which ones are they? It's really hard to say. And and another thing that is probably worth noting going into the conversation is that uh, this administration is notably opaque rather than transparent on a lot of things. So things like who's who, who's being appointed to positions that don't require congressional approval, um, who which civil servants are being replaced or yeah. forced out, a lot of that kind of stuff uh, doesn't give me a really uh, strong sense of confidence. Yeah. But, yeah, we can talk about, let's, there's, the, we, since we since it's not transparent, we can't really know what's going on. All we can know, all we can say, is that we don't know what's going on in a lot of cases. Right, right. And but but here's some here's some information that we can talk about. Yeah, that, that and, I, and I would say to your point, you're right. There's there's been some. I, I don't think we're breaking any news here, but a lot of people have had issues with sort of 
how the current administration is going about things. I will give them credit specifically for this because, you know, you can turn around and say the cybersecurity executive order doesn't matter. It's empty. But at least you have this report coming out. At least you're calling attention to it. You're recognizing that there's a problem, many problems that need to be addressed. It's something that could have easily been buried, I guess. You could have just sat back and said, oh, again, everything's fine here. We have the best. We have the best and brightest. We have the best cybersecurity. Nobody beats our cybersecurity. The fact that even this administration can't say that and is willing to come out and say it's it's time to put up or shut up. We need to do something about this. I think that's that's noteworthy. So that's true, but at the same time, I'm I'm still waiting for the other shoe to drop where some of these things get politicized. Oh, I'm sure As they will. Well, well we're going to get into yeah, that yeah, because okay. there's a, there's right. a there's a tinge of that in okay. in here. Ah, uh, good. Okay, um, let's go. So I so 71 of 96 agencies are either at risk or high risk, and and you know reading the description of this, remember, remember now at risk means some essential policies, processes, and tools are in place, but other you know significant gaps remain. And you might st- step back, Peter, and say, well, g- you know. Goodness gracious, everybody has gaps. No one has, no one is, okay, I I just want to state for the record that when you read through this report, you read through the story that, you know, senior reporter Michael Heller wrote about uh, uh, about this report and uh, featured some, some really interesting expert opinions on it. You, you get a real sense of what the gaps are. And the gaps aren't just like, oh, we don't, we, don't ha- we, we don't use machine learning for threat detection. The gaps are pretty significant. So reading that description of what at-risk means might lead you to believe that, oh, this is just your general, you know, same thing that you would see at an enterprise that hasn't completely locked down their, their security posture. And they have some gaps here and there, significant gaps here and there. This is a little different. I mean, I'm going to tell you the thing that stood out to me, Peter. This is reading through this report, I almost – fell out of my chair when I read this, the stat that really jumped out was 16% of agencies, according to this report, only 16% had properly implemented encryption for data at rest, at rest. Not talking about like splitting atoms here. We're not talking about, uh, uh, you know, uh, traveling to to Mars. We're talking about encryption, you know. Encrypting data at rest, and there's only 16% of agencies that can do it effectively. That that was striking to me. Okay. I thought that I legitimately thought that would be higher. When you talk about gaps, I didn't think something that basic would be one of the gaps that we're seeing cr- across the board. Okay, I I grant you that that is uh, probably a problem. Um, but, you know, for you and I, when or you and me, yes. you and I, either one, uh, for us, encrypting data at rest is just a matter of turning on uh, full disk encryption on our computers. Sure. Whereas for a government agency or an entire government to encrypt data at rest, they've got to have a big in- – there, there, there's, there's requirements for infrastructure to manage keys, to um, – to keep track of what data there is, you know, there's there's a lot more moving parts with that than oh, yeah. than doing it for us. And my, you know, when you say sixteen percent of the government agencies uh, that they reviewed, um, 
it makes me wonder how many enterprises, what proportion of enterprises have that lockdown? Um, oh, yeah. Because it, it's a, a big, it's there, a big ask. There's probably a fair amount, but 16% is like if you, if you were if you said how many state governments, and you said 16%, I'd say okay, yeah, it's not great. Yeah. But it's not as alarming to me because I don't I don't have the same expectations of a state government as I do federal government. Same with large enterprises. If you had told me large, like Fortune 500 enterprises, Equifax, exactly. Like if you had told me those types of public companies, hmm. only 16 percent were doing encryption on data at rest, I would be alarmed. And I don't I don't know what the stat would would be I don't know if I don't know someone must have done something uh, looking at, at how many enterprises have effectively deployed are you are you searching for that right now are you trying to do a real time <laughs> I'm just scroll trying to scroll through the report a little bit yeah yeah, yeah. yeah yeah that's probably not a good idea no no go ahead um, <laughs> it, it, I, I so I think there's there's it's worth contrasting you know you're talking about federal agencies now you're not talking about local municipalities or even state governments. Um, so that was alarming. But the report, so here's another interesting point. So they, they categorized four areas that they felt like you know needed significant improvement across the board. Increasing situational awareness, standardizing IT capabilities, consolidating security operations centers, which I thought was odd, and improving leadership and accountability. Now, that's where you start getting into the political stuff. Okay. So, well, I want to start with threat awareness, though, before we get into the... Yeah. Because they say, in the report, they say, and this is kind of disturbing, that, you know, again, this is according to the report, they're basically saying that the majority of um, let me see if I can find it here. They say, according quote, in fact, situational awareness is so limited that federal agencies could not identify the method of attack or attack vector in 11,802 of the 3,899 cyber incidents that led to compromise of information or system functionality in the fiscal year 2016. That's a lot. I mean, or that, I guess that's that's a low number, I guess. No situational awareness of what's going on. They can't say who's attacking them or what they're doing. Like that's that's troubling. Or am I putting am I setting expectations too high? Well, no, I don't think so. But at the same time, there's you know, I'll I'll step aside from my uh, personal goal of not talking about politics to talk a little bit about politics I mean it's, it's a, almost 40 years since Ronald Reagan was elected president and his one of his uh, biggest um, goals was to was to reduce the size of the government and reducing the size of the government means spending less on it and so um, having been in the Washington area right around that time for college um, I knew I knew people that worked for the government, and well, that was the last time we had really big government to any extent because people were starting. They just started letting people go. 
Yeah. And and with various, you know, with some some pauses on that effort. I mean, the government, the 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 elected officials have been trying to defund a lot of the things that the government does. And when you take them, when you keep taking the money away, it's like uh, with local education. I mean, uh, the fund, the the cost of educating children is going up. The amount that people are willing to pay in their tax in their real in, in their taxes that pay for that education, people don't want to pay that much. Right. So so that's why we have bake sales for our for our elementary schools and right. car washes for the high school kids. Um, when you when you take the money, the funding away, then then some some of these things that have to be done, you have to find a way to do them. And and if you don't have the money to pay for training people to be cyber uh, professionals or uh, uh, have IT infrastructures or, or 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 even update all of the Windows boxes from Windows XP, then yeah you're going to have a hard time. You're going to have a hard time uh, uh, securing. The systems that are that are some some of them haven't been patched in a long time. Some of them are are running on old systems. They're running on old software. They're running on old OSs. So so yeah. I mean, it doesn't surprise me that the government is is lagging on some of these things, given all the other uh, the rest of the environment that 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 it's working in that the agencies are working in. Yeah, I mean, and, and to your point about the resources though, and the budgets, it doesn't seem. Like, that doesn't come up in the report, but one thing I thought was interesting, so the consolidation of the socks. I, th- I saw that and I said, well, why would you want to consolidate security operations centers? Isn't that uh, having security operations centers, that's a good thing, even multiple ones. But they say in the report, in the case of agencies with multiple socks, CISOs report that these socks do not communicate with each other and that they hoard rather than share threat information and intelligence. <laughs> so even when they do have the resources, and I, I assume a lot of these organizations, especially defense, armed forces, and you know, um, national intelligence agencies, like they probably do have sizable budgets. The fact that they're not communicating, these SOCs within a single agency, multiple SOCs aren't communicating with one another, that seems pretty bad. Yeah, it does. Like that seems like it's a, a like an institutional thing rather than just a, well we don't have the resources or we don't have the budget. I mean there probably are examples like that, with agencies that maybe a little bit lower down the totem pole, you know like Department of Agriculture or Department of Education or something like that. But if you have multiple socks and you can't make that work, well, I mean. I'm I'm purely guessing here, but some t- some of these things happen organically. So, if you have one agency that has half a dozen different socks, it might be because that agency inherited a, a security operations center from another agency that it that it um, uh, that it incorporated that it that it um, uh, merged with, or it may you know there may be uh, some ad hoc centers that that popped up over time because people ne- knew that they needed to, to respond to this kind of thing. So what that means is, um, and I think this goes not just for the government, but for, for everybody, for, for industry and, and, and private enterprises, y- if, there, if you allow these things to happen organically, that's fine, but you also have to impose some kind of order on them as well, and, yeah. you, and, and there should be some guidelines. And again, you know, we, we think of this... Um, 
you know, uh, War Games came out in 1983. Um, computers, computer security had obviously been a, a, an issue since computers came on the scene. So we're talking like 50, 60, maybe even 70 years. Yeah. It's still early times. I mean, how long did it take before? I, I know I bring this up all the time, but how long does it take? did it take between the time that uh, cars were first uh, popularized, automobiles, and the time that we had uh, safety belts on them? Yeah. Standard. Yeah. So it was a, a pretty a good while. long time. Yeah. yeah. I think you've used the aviation one too, the FAA in the past, but uh, which is also a good one. I mean, I, I do take that point, but I also think it's weird, and this is, you know, the final point of the report that I think we should discuss, the, the sort of the leadership component. It, it, it may not – there may be other things at play here than sort of the natural sort of time required to build up, you know, the requisite skills and sort of knowledge to take this stuff to the next level and really institute, you know – uh, agency-wide, federal government-wide um, policies and procedures to to improve things because, I mean, that was the that was the fourth point here in this in this report. And again, this is a report that was created by OMB and DHS. They're they're part of the federal government, and they're saying, you know, in, in pretty clear terms that you've got to improve leadership and accountability when it comes to cybersecurity. And, you know, Mike's story, God bless it, he got some, some really interesting feedback from Greg Tuhill. He was the former CISO of the federal government. And he said, I'll read this quote. I thought it was a great quote. Uh, he said, quote, I'm concerned that the deletions of and vacancies in key senior cyber leadership positions are sending the wrong message about how important cybersecurity is to the government workforce, commercial and international partners, and potential cyber adversaries. I mean, he's he's calling out things like the White House CISO being dropped and that being folded into, those responsibilities being folded into something else. He's, he's, he's referring to other cybersecurity positions across the federal government that have gone unfilled or simply been just erased, deleted, like you said. And now here's the report coming out saying, no, 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 no. This is an issue. We need more accountability. We need better leadership. Well, you can't have better leadership if there are no <laughs> leaders. Uh, so, yeah, I, that is something that really stood out to me as something that, you know, for, for a, a report that was developed by federal agencies coming out against something that was going on in their in, in their in their own midst so um, I mean do you think that was overtly political of the report to do that it doesn't seem like it to me it seems like a perfectly reasonable thing to, to point out but well I when I say when, when I talk about politics I mean you know national electoral po politics rather than the politics of whether one agency has a head or, or a dozen or one is subordinate to the other. But, um, and, I, and, and personally, my concerns about the political side of this is that uh, any of these reports are going to be seized upon by uh, 
politicians who say this is this shows that we have to spend more on cyber and that oh, includes yeah. things like being able to get into everybody's iPhone being able to un- encrypt oh, yeah. everybody's yeah. messages yep. we want to be able to check all traffic on the internet to make sure that we're not missing any terrorists when in fact the 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 end result is not so much uh, catching any any new terrorists but rather uh, being able to to put something on or get something on everybody in the country yeah um, same thing with the uh, with these executive order uh, reports where where we're getting these results that say we need to do something about cyber well does that mean that we have to now impose some new uh, uh, regime on how all computing is done in such a way that gives the government more control and and I would be concerned about that um, at the same time yeah I think I mean it's really obvious it's like I don't think anybody is surprised by by or, or, or significantly su- be surprised by the direction that the numbers show uh, that the government needs to go where you know we do need to, to shore things up but I guess I just thought it was was interesting that the report, like the so the, the the current president says, here's an executive order. I want you to do this, 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 and this. The report comes out about the assessment of the Fed's secure overall security posture, and one of the core things it says that needs to be improved is is the leadership and accountability, and it sort of indirectly or not so subtly calls out the fact that the leadership ain't great. I mean, the, you, you don't have a lot of people in these positions. So I, I guess I was surprised at that, not maybe at the numbers outside of the encryption thing, but surprised that the report was willing to go there as much as it did. But you're right. I mean, this is one of those things that could just be turned around and used for other things than really addressing the core issues and problems that we know are are there uh, so well my big question is what does Rudy Giuliani say about oh, this yeah king of cyber the yeah head of cyber the cyber yeah. guy cyber dude I'm sure he has lots of thoughts maybe we can get him on the podcast do a call with him I don't have his number yeah we'll we'll, uh, we'll make some calls we'll see what we can get um <laughs> But yeah, no, I, I encourage you know readers, listeners out there to take a look at this report. There are some, there's, there's a lot of data in there. We can't get to everything, unfortunately. It's you know, trying to keep this under a manageable uh, uh, size uh, length for a podcast. So, but uh, it is it is worth looking at. It is worth sort of reading in the context of that cybersecurity executive order and just everything that's gone on uh, at the federal level in terms of cybersecurity lately. And also check out um, Mike Heller's recent story. It's got a lot of good input, insight in there from different security vendors and, and people like Craig Tuhill. And uh, it's definitely worth checking out. So, And Peter, thank you for joining me for another discussion. Always happy to be here. I really do love talking about this. Well, you're in the right business. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I know it's, it's, it's not always a great look to get inside the – uh, the government and see how they're using their resources and the level of dis- dysfunction and waste sometimes. But I, I do find it fascinating and especially with something as important as cybersecurity. It's just, I don't know, I could talk about it all day, but we're not. Because I know you're going on vacation 
and you're, you're dying to get out of Chernobyl. Uh, that, so thank you. It's getting a little warm. Yeah, yeah, it is. It is. Thanks, Peter. And uh, thank you to the readers and listeners of Search Security. I'm Rob Wright, and we will see you next time.